Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app on a Tarzan Wednesday. It's been a long time. Why are you playing the thing? Gosh. You can't have a Tarzan Wednesday without hearing from Tarzan, the man, the myth, the legend, the man who would swing from branch to branch among his brethren. And- no one who is swifter. The lion knows one who is braver. Mm. Yes. Tarzan, a boy. A child was found and raised by the great apes. Mm. The boy took the name Tarzan. <laughs> like he had a selection of names or something? Yeah. Well, it was either that or ooh. Yeah, exactly. Took the name of. Like somebody was like, okay, it's either Bob, Joe, Tarzan, or Kazam. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson says Western nations should not lift sanctions on Russia until all Moscow's troops have left Ukraine. He said a ceasefire would not be enough. And he said the nations that make up the G7 should intensify sanctions with a rolling program until every single one of Putin's troops is out of Ukraine. The Russian ruble has bounced back to almost its full value since before the West imposed economic sanctions on Russia. How is that possible? I don't know. The rebound comes as Putin resorts to extreme measures to blunt the penalties that we have imposed. It's an economic defense Putin may not be able to sustain as long-term sanctions weigh down his economy, but still the ruble's recovery could be a sign that the sanctions in their current form are not enough. Not hurting Russia as badly as we thought they would. Well, it's been uh, unfortunate, but also a delight that we've been able to talk to Jason Nathans in the last couple of days regarding everything that's going on in Hollywood. And uh, I don't like the fact that we have to talk about what's going on with the Board of Governors, with the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences. But they're having a meeting today to talk about a little problem called Will Smith. Jay Nat, what's going on? I'm still shook by Tarzan. You don't know about Tarzan Wednesday? Well, no, I thought it was Tarzan. Thanks for listening to the show. I thought it was Tarzan. Uh, Well, clearly we understand how the... It's Tarzan? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The cultural way to say it. So I used to live in Tarzina? Tarzina. Yeah. Tarzina. All right. Okay. What did you say? Yes. So the Board of Governors had this meeting yesterday, where and they put out this letter saying that they were... um, Looking into it still, the the, the whole dust up, um, that they are upset and outraged by uh, the moments that were overshadowed uh, by the unacceptable and harmful behavior on stage by a nominee. And then they do mention Will Smith's name. Um, and they said, as, as outlined by our bylaws, the Academy's Board of Governors will now make a determination on the appropriate action for Mr. Smith as governed by as governed by California law 
regarding members of nonprofit organizations like the Academy and set forth in our standards of conduct, this must follow an official process that will take a few weeks. So it'll be a little while before we learn. Um, and I did not know that uh, all this was governed by California law. That, I didn't either. That, that had anything to do with what might be happening here. But apparently, because they're a nonprofit, they got to follow some rules. Well, two of the three hosts uh, have spoken out also, uh, made it official that they have thoughts on what exactly happened. Yeah, Amy Schumer said that, that, that she was upset. She put an Instagram post and kind of talked about a bunch of things, but said, you know, basically that she was upset. But the most... The uh, the most at length comments that we got so far were today from Wanda Sykes, who was on the Ellen DeGeneres show, and this was posted this morning. So I wasn't I'm not sure if it was taped today or if it was taped yesterday, and it's not going to air until April 7th. But she said she told uh, Ellen that she's still a little traumatized by it. It was sickening. She felt physically ill. Uh, she also talked about how to her one of the craziest things is that they allowed him to stay there. Uh, she says, for them to let him stay in that room and enjoy the rest of the show and accept his award, I was like, how gross is this? You assault somebody, you get escorted out of the building, and that's it. So some pretty strong language from her for the first time we're hearing from Well, her. you know, I would just put myself in a comedian's shoes for five minutes and feel like he is saying that it's okay. Like, here is this bright, big star saying that it's okay to assault a comedian for a joke that he did not like and how everyone kind of went along with it. He wasn't escorted out. There has been no repercussions at all. And that puts comics in a, a scared place, I would imagine. Yeah. And, well, and, and are people going to want to capture headlines by copycatting this at various shows? You're seeing a lot of comedians basically saying that same thing. Whoopi Goldberg said it on The View, um, and others are saying, does this open me up to then being attacked i don't know if we'll see copycat stuff what what will be interesting is uh chris rock has a comedy tour which starts tonight in boston they've added extra shows at several of the stops because there's been so much interest and knowing chris rock i have to imagine we we haven't heard from him yet and we will hear his thoughts tonight that he has probably worked up a bunch of new stuff and it's going to be addressed. I can't imagine that he does not address it tonight. So oh, look listen, out for reports from Boston. Tonight. I hope he just goes. I don't think he will because of who he is. I wish he would just go scorched earth. <laughs> I mean, just I mean, because you we saw it in the moment after that happened. He looked at Will Smith and was like, man, I could I could light up this stage and burn this place down with the number of jokes that I have worked up about you right. and Jada well, and yeah. your marriage. And you said it yesterday that someone remarked it's a good thing that wasn't Dave Chappelle because he'd still be on stage talking about Will Smith and well, Jada. Chris Rock is, you know, he's been known to go hard. I'm more so, I think, in the past. And like a lot of comedians, they mellow as they get older. Um, but this is one that one incident that could definitely light a fire under him. But he also has to play the game of how much does this hurt or help me, right? Because he he's, right now, I think most of the goodwill is swinging towards him. Yes. Uh, there are some people who say that he shouldn't have said what he said, and I think, you know. He didn't even know she had alopecia. Right. But but still making a joke about a woman and her appearance, sure, like, just don't do that in the first place. So there's there's a little bit of negativity against him, but overwhelmingly, it's in his favor. He could swing that depending on what he says, so he has to kind of be very calculated about that. Uh, the bad news that we got, in fact, we got it right as we were starting our show, was that Bruce Willis's family has said that he's been diagnosed with aphasia, 
Uh, so he is stepping away from acting. Yeah, this is this is really sad and um, somewhat unexpected, but also from what I've heard and seen in the past couple hours from some people, maybe a little bit expected, not that they knew exactly what was going on. Um, but we got this Instagram post from his daughter, Rumor, who said that he'd been diagnosed with aphasia, which is impacting his cognitive abilities. And that's what it does. It, it, it affects the brain's ability to read, write, and speak, usually caused by some kind of head trauma or a stroke. But there are other reasons as well. We don't know exactly what happened here. But some people have been saying that they've noticed this from him for a little while. Um, and we're wondering why he's been doing so many movies. Um, because in the past three or so years, he's done 25 different movies. Um, and there's been a TV show here or there. But and, and you haven't heard or seen any of them for the most part. Interesting. Uh, they've, they've gone straight to video. They haven't made uh, much noise. There's been one or two here or there. Right now, on IMDb listed for 2022 and beyond, he has 10 films in production currently. And wow. the thought behind that is some people are saying that he knew that this was the end and he was, he was A, trying to take every job he could um, and build up as much money as he could to leave to his family. Wow. That's sad. Well, Jay uh, Do you have any good news? Yeah. Um, oh, back to the tie, which I know is uh, the most exciting uh, conversation. It's here. caused quite a bit of controversy on it, our social media. It, it has. And I have some good news, or maybe it's not. I don't know. It depends on how you think of it. But I know a lot of people really like the red and blue or purplish tie. Um, I forgot. It's the Grammys on Sunday. And I'll <gasps> be there in mm. Las Vegas. So mm -hmm. guess what? The red and purple tie is going to make an appearance, folks. That is, that is awesome. All right. Really exciting. I just, I just, I still have that concern that it's going to get confused for the tie you wore to the SAG Awards in 2019. That's, that is fine, but we already put one <laughs> award show between them now with the Oscars. So I think it's okay to Thank go with this. goodness it is people a have one. short memories. Yes. Thanks, thanks, Jason. You're welcome. Jason Nathanson, Over the Hill in Hollywood for uh, for us and for ABC News. Coming up next, Trevor Bauer is trying to claw for his reputation back in the form of a lawsuit against The Athletic. We'll tell you what they printed, what he says was wrong, and where this is headed. I got you. <laughs> I love it when Ken will use lyrics to songs. He shows his hand. He shows his hand. He shows his roots. Growing up in that top 40 world, New Jersey. He's a surprising character. He's got the lyrics I didn't expect him to have. Oh, yeah. He, uh, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll never forget when he serenaded me with Shannon. Uh, Shannon is dead and gone or something like that. It's about a dog who dies, like drowning or something. And he sang the whole thing for me. I had never heard the song before. Fun story, isn't it? <laughs> Shannon has washed away or something? I don't know. Uh, the number of people fleeing the war in Ukraine has now exceeded 4 million, according to the United Nations. The exodus was already the largest movement of people in Europe since World War II. The U.N. Refugee Agency had previously estimated that 4, 4 million could be driven from the country as a result of the invasion in total. They never expected it to be done in just five weeks. Yeah, okay, so it was a song, 1976, Shannon, by Henry Gross. And this was a song, remember when Casey Kasem got in trouble because he was caught on a hot mic? Oh, swearing, yeah. Swearing about how no one wants to hear a song about an effing dead dog or right. something like that. Keep that dead dog's name out of your effing mouth. Yeah, something of that said. nature. Sure. Uh, 
That's its claim to fame. Susan Collins, the Republican senator from Maine, said today that she would be supporting Ketanji Brown-Jackson's nomination to the Supreme Court. The first Republican to publicly say that they would back her confirmation. So in this case, all but assured that she would win her confirmation, assuming all 50 Democrats vote yes, as expected. Um, if Even if that was the case, Kamala Harris, as the president of the Senate, would be coming in and cast the tie-breaking vote if necessary, but not. It will not be necessary. Well, Trevor Bauer hasn't pitched for a while for your Los Angeles Dodgers. He was wrapped up in the scandal of a woman who publicized photos that she said were the result of a night with Trevor Bauer after he and she engaged in some rough sex. He says that she was uh, in cahoots, that this was consensual rough sex and had the receipts to prove it in the form of text messages. In February, we found out that there was not enough to charge him with, that they were not moving forward with a case against Trevor Bauer. Now he's filing a defamation suit against The Athletic. The Athletic is an online publication, sports reporting, very well done. Uh, The Athletic was able to lure away some of the best sports journalists when it was formed. And he is suing The Athletic and one of their former reporters, alleging that they misled readers by omitting information in reports about that sexual assault allegation against him last year. Um, the story that we covered when we first heard about this was this June, I believe, uh, when it first really started making headlines, uh, was of course during the baseball season, Trevor Bauer was accused of punching and choking this woman unconscious, uh, while they were having this rough sex. He admitted that the things did get rough between them, but that everything he did was consensual, um, during the case. Trevor Bauer's attorney claimed that he had text messages from the accuser, quote, involving requests to be choked out and slapped in the face, and that the woman spent the night left without incident, continuing you, to message Trevor Bauer with friendly and flirtatious banter. Could you imagine if he didn't have those text messages? Oh, yeah. I mean, I can imagine that he would be in jail right now. Yeah. Because in those text messages, he's like, oh, you liked that? Like referring to the last time they got together and he choked her out or something. And she's like, yeah, it's the most turned off, uh, turned on I've ever been. Let's do it again kind of a thing. And she's kind of the one prompting the the next encounter. I mean, if he didn't have those, he would be screwed. Yeah, he in this lawsuit. They point to what they believe are the medical records, this woman's medical records, that they say that Molly Knight, the writer for the uh, for the Athletic, that she had at the time, their quote from the lawsuit, there was no basis for that assertion of the woman with a skull fracture because the complainant's own medical records, which the Athletic possessed, showed she had no such fracture. Yeah, they say, they argue that Molly Knight and the Athletic intentionally omitted the CT scans that showed she did not suffer a fractured skull. Now, I don't know why that is the crown jewel of this case, considering the pictures were pretty bad, um, but that wasn't the worst part of it. I mean, it was all pretty bad. I don't even want to play the part. I mean, because no, I, I don't either. I don't either. So remember when the charges were dropped? Yeah. Uh, he reported what? that like five weeks ago, six weeks ago, whatever it was. And he recorded this five or 10 minute video on Twitter and put it out where he's just sitting in a workout room with his, 
listen, if I'm his lawyer, I just tell him to throw on a T-shirt and drop the baseball cap. But I understand the, I understand his brand and who he is. But he referred to the things that he didn't do. You know, he never punched her and all that sort of thing. Um, he's he's he will not face criminal charges for this. He will face clearly a the repercussions to his reputation. And I'm curious to see what baseball team picks him up after this. And maybe this is, I mean, this is probably why the the genesis of the lawsuit is he understands there is a chance he never plays baseball again. Well, Deshaun Watson surfaced making ridiculous amounts of money after all the uh, massage therapists say that he forced himself on them. Uh, again, even if it was consensual that he argues or what have you, you're still looking at the guy like, ah, do I really want to put my brand on? You know, do I want him to represent my brand? Well, I think do that's... I, you know, even though Trevor Bauer has been, you know, kind of cleared of any wrongdoing, he's still into some weird stuff. And do you want him to represent your brand? It also opens up your, your brand, your Dodger brand, if that's who, you know, just to use the current team. It opens them up to sullying their reputation, which they've gone out of their saying. way to to try to protect. That's what I'm saying, like, would you would you want your brand that Dodger blue on something that you find to be unsavory? And he's going to get heckled because, at every park he goes to. I yeah. Mean, All right, uh, from Trevor Bauer to your children, uh, let's talk smooth. Some very smooth. <laughs> well, I was pointing out the fact that there's really no smooth segue there. Uh, platonic parenting. Jay's, uh, Justin Warsham is going to join us. Uh, Justin talks with us regarding parenting and parenting issues, and we always have fun with him. He'll come in here in just a couple minutes uh, and continue with Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon. And just like that, pastrami sandwiches are ruined forever. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeart Radio app. A bunch of stories that we're following. The president uh, stepped up pressure on Congress to try to approve billions of dollars in emergency COVID relief aid today. He uh, got his second booster shot, so he's a fully vaccinated, double boostered person. Um, he did it and said, it didn't hurt a bit. Because he doesn't have feeling in his left arm. But that's a different story. Uh, they also set up a website, COVID.gov, aimed at helping everybody navigate access to testing and treatments and vaccines and, sorry, and masks. <laughs> I stopped. I paused so that she could sneeze in peace. It threw me off. And she, it, it crawled back up. It's like up, saying, bless you before the sneeze. That I would guess. happen? I guess. I'm that's right. You okay? You going to make it through? I think so. Feel free to sneeze anytime. Thank you. When the mic is on. <laughs> Justin Warsham is host, uh, is joins us. You on, know it's in the one o'clock hour when he Wednesdays. starts looking at me and going, uh. <laughs> like, a lot of a lot of eye rolling midweek at one o'clock. Yeah, you know, DJs have to do that thing where they back time, right? Yeah, right. They come in for the the music and they're like, "Hey, it's 25 25 minutes to two. 
I'm doing that now. I'm back time. Yeah. Like 25 minutes left. Uh, yeah. 25 minutes left. And then you get uh, uh, 24 and, minutes and left. And sometimes. 24 minutes left. Sometimes he just cannot hold it together. And that's when the ugh comes out. But what is it you get? That's a 16 hour gap that you have between uh, no Shannon time and Shannon time? 20. What are you talking about? 20? 20. Oh. Between two I've o'clock never, and I can't backlog. That's clearly why I'm not in radio. I've never seen someone so excited for Friday as Gary Hoffman. Every, in general, every week, yeah, every week, because then That's he gets great. two days of of rest of uh, peace. of peace. I'm going to throw some spice into your guys' uh, relationship here. Is that you should just send him video messages? Oh, no, I, I already told her no. I, I had to establish a rule. The joy, the joy on her face when she got to tell me that she already does. There's it's a so great. she and she the has best. a specific theme too, which I had to ban her from ever sending a me. Theme? Pic- yes, I'll tell you later. Oh, can't wait uh, what for is, that. What is platonic parenting? It is a horrible thing, in my opinion. To be honest. Uh, it's I here's the thing. There are studies that say that two parents are better than one. And that's not to say that single mothers are horrible, right? Like really overall what I'm going to first preface all of this by saying is that what I hear from experts and a lot of the data says is that what kids really need is secure attachments, whether it's a single parent, two parents that are same sex or heterosexual, doesn't matter as long as the kid knows that the parent is there when they need them. That's what ultimately matters. Safety and security. When you start getting into the what I call the economics of parenting, that you could say, well, a single parent, uh, a kid that comes from a single parent environment statistically is more likely to struggle, either with uh, crime, addiction, depression, all of those kinds of things. Education. Education. So the solution in the new world is that people, we heard about this where people were even like divorced couples where there was a, a half step of this where the kid would stay in the home and then one parent would rent an apartment and then you just swap who's living with the kids in the right. home. This new thing is that if I get divorced, right, and Shannon also has a kid, she gets divorced and then we say, well, I'm divorced, you're divorced, we can't afford to buy our own places we're going to move in together with our kids as a way of saving money. That sounds crazy. Platonic parenting. Platonic parenting. Mm. So it's not it's not a same-sex couple. No. It's not anything like that. It's just two friends that are going to raise their kids together because who doesn't like the idea of having backup and help? Wow, that sounds very complicated. It, well, I'm just thinking of us living together right now with our <laughs> respective children. That's and right. that would be kind That's of weird. Like weird. you come into the kitchen she's, in your underwear in the morning and I'm like, hey. I would not do that, number you one. You don't know that. It's I your house, too. too. It's no. your house, too. Listen, Gary clearly. answers his front door in his underwear. That's different. I'm not Gary Hoffman. I'm a, I'm a different person. I think I think that you that it, I would almost monster. argue there's more. <laughs> Thank you for saying it. Um, yeah, I, you know I, what I mean. Like I don't want to, you know, get a half gallon of ice cream and sit there and watch Bridgerton if you're in the room next to me and judging me. Well, maybe he makes you, you a would... better person that way, just by being around you. He makes maybe. you a better yeah. person. Guys, I came here to talk about platonic parenting, <laughs> and now I feel like we've forced ourselves into some weird, creepy Big Brother show where Shannon and I are forced to live together well, for three months. Well, you came up with the hypothetical, and now I'm imagining you in your underwear in the kitchen and me not knowing how to uh, address no. that. Just I, get the cup of coffee I don't know how to go address back that. to your room. I, you don't you know. Go back to your room. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this, you'd have to establish, I, I think I, you, you alluded to this in just a quick comment, Chris Rock style, where you're like, I could go off on this. Uh, but you said this is a horrible idea because if nothing else, you would have to come up with a very serious and concrete 
set of ground rules about who's responsible for what in this thing. Whereas, I mean, not that you wouldn't in a in a otherwise normal marriage or a normal home situation where you've got a couple of parents or even a single parent, but but you'd have to have this yes. like clear understanding of what's going what we do going forward well, with parenting. And who knows if you're going to agree or not? Because that's one of the things that you establish when you're dating, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want kids? How many kids do you want? What would your parenting style be? And, uh, and let's you're, always have each other's backs, that kind of conversation. And your exposure to to your future partner's family and the sure. way they were brought up. Exactly. So you have an idea of what they have a pedigree. They almost. loved the right. way that they were brought up or they hated the way that they were right. brought up. I'll never do this to my kids or I love the fact that my dad always did this, whatever. Right. Uh, There's context for all right. of it. But in this situation, it seems like. In all likelihood, these aren't strangers, right, that are moving in together. (laughs) Craigslist. My son needs a dad. Hopefully, you're right. (laughs) They would respect each other enough to have those conversations in a productive way. And one of the things that uh, was mentioned by the author uh, who wrote this, talking about her own personal experience, was that she said that what was another interesting part was having, like what you're talking about, Gary, ground rules between the two kids because you parent your children differently. But I arguably the whole benefit is that one person will be home with the kids while the other one is doing something else and how that she also has to navigate with the child's birth father. Right. So she moved in mm. with her best friend oh my gosh. and their kid. And, but he, her, her, the father of her child has a different parenting style. And so she's having to navigate that all while the kid, I guess, is just dealing with it. Hey, uh, Gary, before we take a break, I just wanted to mention, cause you brought it up, Chris Rock, uh, you're a stand-up comedian, Justin. Have you ever had anyone uh, storm the stage? Storm the stage? Yeah, Please. it's uh, I, that's it's funny. While I was watching the Oscars with my family, Jerk. it's it's uh, <laughs> Mondo made me do it. <laughs> in all honesty, I I had a lot of people ask me about this because of my background in comedy. They said, "Have you ever had anybody come up to you on stage and slap you?" And I said, "I've never had anybody come up on stage and slap me." However, but I but I could definitely relate to this moment that you could see on Chris Rock's face of like, oh, what's this is interesting. What's yeah. about to happen? This <laughs> totally. seems like fun. Same look, same yeah. look. Same yeah. look. Like, oh, this seems like fun. And then it just takes a horrible dark turn and you just find yourself confused, off balance. Unfair bit. Unfair bit, Gary. <laughs> Mondo made me do it. He actually cornered me in the office and it's like, hey. Will you ask Justin with the whole Chris Rock thing if anybody's ever seen this? I don't know what it says about our friendship, Gary, but he didn't have to corner me. He just asked. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't slap anybody. In fact, I didn't say words. You were you delightful. It was you very did. funny. And I point to to the point is that people were talking about like when they asked me about this. And for anybody who's new and like, what are they talking about? One time I was headlining at Flappers here at Burbank. Gary had a few. And uh, Shannon, which never comes up in the story. Who played the role of Jada Pinkett Smith in this yes. case, where she gave me the look yeah. like, you better you, get up there. She said, you know what would be funny is if you rushed the stage. I and did. it just so happened to coincide with the last culminating seven minutes of my act that <laughs> was an hour long. there was that much left. <laughs> so, so anyway, Gary pops up there. The manager of the comedy club came up to me. He's like, dude, if, if you're going to have somebody come up on stage, you got to let a guy know. I'm like, that wasn't planned. There was, and there was more security at your set at Flappers than there was, was at the, the Academy Oscar? Awards. Yeah. <laughs> And I said, if a comedy club manager made the, thought that that was all planned, there's no way anybody in that audience thought that it wasn't planned. The so better it matter, version Gary. of the story that didn't happen would oh. be if Gary got tackled by security. Yes. Like, that Which was, was hilarious. Apparently closer it was than very, anybody actually It was thought. very, very close. Had he not made it right next to me yeah. on stage, I think somebody would have grabbed him and said, hey, hey, man, come on. Maybe not a tackle. I thought it was Just hilarious. Back of the collar. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> like Dennis Can't the Menace. Yeah. The, whole, the, the thing is, though, we have not been invited back. I'll just point that out. True All right, uh, Gary and Shannon will yeah, continue with Justin Worsham. Uh, we'll talk about sleep training. <laughs> ready for Let that. that baby cry it out. Oof. What do you do oh, with that boy. baby? I have a great baby whisperer story. Oh. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The entire state of Mississippi, as well as parts of Alabama, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Tennessee are all at greatest risk for severe storms today. Look at that line of storms. CNN has a big radar right now from basically uh, Indiana all the way to New Orleans. There's a massive and very uh, thin stripe of extreme weather going through all of those states. They said 50 million Americans at risk for life-threatening extreme weather today. What's the 60 degrees outside right now? 65? 70. 70? Mm. Wall Street closing. Yeah, a couple a days of rain. A rain a couple days ago. It's true. Yeah, it was rough. Extreme. Wall Street closing with stocks lower as investors watch the bond market and the situation in Ukraine. After dropping below $100 yesterday, oil prices climbed a substantial amount today. People with babies got to understand, babies will sleep eventually. That's easy it's for what, you to say. No, no, I it was not. It's easy for me to say because it's 20 years later. I know right. what it's like to be in the midst of the jungle, like the baby. Will not cry. Will not stop crying, and will not close its damn eyes. We we had kids. Our oldest, our son, was pretty good sleeper. You know, yeah. Uh, our daughter was not. <laughs> That's how it always goes. That first kid has to trick you into having a second. That's every most. I have yet to it's, hear an example to the contrary. It's the weirdest, yeah, game that God played ever. The first one's gonna be okay, and the second one's gonna just blow your mind. Yeah. Um. But sleep training is this has always been a topic of discussion for parents. Yeah, the the what they're talking about is I would call it the Ferber method, and uh, it came out in 1985, uh, where the idea is although Richard Ferber, the guy who created it, said it's been severely misunderstood uh, oh, what his intent was. But the idea is that okay, time for baby to take a nap. You set the baby in the crib. Baby cries, you can come in and maybe soothe the baby, but then immediately put the baby back in the bed. Or you could soothe the baby while they're still in the bed, but you don't pick them up. But the idea is that, okay, once you you calm them down, you leave, and you don't go back in for five minutes. And then once five minutes is up, you go back in there, you try to soothe them. Once you soothe them, you leave again. But this time, you don't go back for 10 minutes. Oh, my God, that would be excruciating. Yeah. It is. It is not. Is, it is not fun. It's. It's not even a mental game. A lot of. I mean, it is clearly mental. You're the one who has to decide whether you're going to go in or not. But it, it was much more so for my wife than for me. But I still felt physical repercussions yeah. of it. And for for women, for the mothers of the babies, it's a. It's a. It manifests itself clearly physically for them. Like it is an the something hurts in them. If their kid is crying. Yeah. It's a fascinating too, part for me is that they say 60% of parenting advice books recommend this form of sleep training. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also mentioned that uh, Mayan mothers, when they heard that babies even sleep in a separate room, that they were shocked and aghast that why would somebody abuse a child like that? 
But I talked to Dr. Craig Canapari, who used to be the head of the Yale uh, School of Medicine Sleep Center. And uh, now he just writes books and lectures on sleep. He's a pediatrician. And he talked about all the studies that they did found that parents and children will sleep better if they are in a separate room. Like even when they recommend when the babies are newborn, they, they recommend you put them in a bassinet next to your bed. He says, nope, not a good idea. It'd be better. Everybody sleeps better if they're in separate rooms because then there's no chance of one person stirring slightly and disrupting. It's, it's important that you have a complete sleep cycle is what the sleep expert says. Um, we had a book that was recommended to us called Secrets of the Baby Whisperer. Uh, and it was about similar ideas about sleep training and things that you could do if you found that your kid, you know, excluding all medical issues that would prompt them to not sleep well. And there was included in the book a number you could call, like a phone number you could call. Interesting. <laughs> and my wife called the number, <laughs> and I thought she was going to kill people. We've done everything that we did, followed the book to a T. Yep. Our daughter was like, I don't like books. Whatever she said. <laughs> whatever the, like whatever the cry meant, it was yeah. clearly not working out. <laughs> and we would curse this woman. She eventually passed away. <laughs> the woman, the woman who wrote the wrote the book. Would we say passed away, or was described what your wife did to her? Where was Shannon the weekend? That <laughs> she has an alibi. And when we found that out, we were like, "Oh, uh, maybe our wishing worked." Like, it was just terrifying. But but we used to. The the hardest part is sticking to the schedule. This became an issue in what was the name? There was an ABC show where the nanny would come in. Was that it? Was was the nanny? Maybe. Or something oh, like Rescue that. Nanny. There was 9911, and then there was the three uh, British late nannies, too. That yeah. Uh, well, yeah. One of those shows described a method like this about, you know, the, the parents were complaining that their toddlers kept getting up in the middle of the night and coming in and sleeping in their, in their bed. Yeah. And they didn't know what to do. And the nannies were like, well, you're an idiot. You, you've allowed this to happen, and you think that for some reason you're not in control? You're completely in control. So they allow the parents to go to the hotel for a couple nights or whatever. There's two nights away. And in two nights, they've trained these kids to stay in their own beds. First of all, because the nannies were these giant monsters of humans who, as soon as the kids would peek their head out of the bedroom, they'd be like, get back! Nine! <laughs> it goes to sleep now! But it, but it's it, we forget how in control we are because we're afraid we're breaking them. We're afraid we're hurting them in some way because we always associate the crying with pain as opposed to just uncomfortability or tiredness. Or yeah. Well, another interesting thing that came out is, first of all, they say that these sleep studies are virtually impossible to be actual scientific studies because you can't really create a control group. Like inherently, oh, yeah. a lot of the people oh. who are going to sign up for this are going to bring to the table children that struggle with sleep. That's probably why true, they're there, true. sought it out and all of that. But they say that uh, one of the things that they did find was that the parents who went through this sleep training and came out on the other side and said it was successful, they studied the children after the fact. The kids would still wake up just as frequently. It's just that they didn't cry and wake up the parents. That was really the only result, which could be argued is the result that you're looking for. Right. So they soothe, they can they soothe themselves. And yes. Another thing I want to mention, just in case anybody gets on a bandwagon and wants to do this, is that nobody recommends doing any kind of sleep training until the baby is at least six months old. Anything you're doing prior to six months old is not, uh, it's no good. It's not going to work. Not going to work. And it's, it's not helpful to the baby. We had success with BabyWise. If anybody's struggling with this, BabyWise is this kind of combination of a lot of different schools of thought. And the idea is that you have a cycle of events 
because you can't communicate with your child. You do the cycle of events and that communicates to the child. My needs will be met. And that creates a sense of security in the child. Remember, I talked about secure attachment, right? So what you do is when the baby wakes up, you feed the baby. And then the baby gets to play and then the baby gets tired and goes to sleep. In the beginning, you just do that sequence of events and you don't worry about time. And then eventually when the baby starts to understand, oh, this is how things work, then they fall into a pattern naturally. Right. And that was the mistake we made if between the first child and the second. Jack would not sleep. He was cranky all the time. And thankfully, I went back to that book and I said, oh, we got to establish the events. We were trying to push him to the timing of like every hour and a half he was eating. And I'm sure your wife was happy to hear you go, oh, honey, guess what? I yeah. read in a book that you're doing it wrong. Oh, uh, we, we we could fill a four-hour show with all of the things <laughs> I did like that to my wife. I have I remember driving home from a comedy gig on the 205 in Tracy, California, explaining to her oh. what her amniotic sac was, also talking to her about latching. Like I gave, oh, I gave my wife no. some coaching you, you on breastfeeding. Horrible lactation for anybody who consultant. sees pictures of me on the internet and goes, "Wow, look at that tall drink of water." Would mm-hmm. like to slice me off a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, it comes I at didn't a cost. Bring it up. Huh? I did not bring. I know, it. You but we're almost that. out. I got a quota to okay. meet. Okay. Thank you, Justin. Thank you. Justin. Try harder, Shannon. Jeez, Lou. One thing. I brought you, up the him storming the stage thing. That was good. You're right. I, I, you know Come what? On. I, I apologize. John and Ken show. I'm a little hangry. See you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Blessings. Can we turn our beds into bunk beds? Gary and Shannon. Rumpus time is over. You got a big day tomorrow. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.